stronger, be wiser. Our seat, our table. This is our voice, our time, our moment, our seat, our table. Yeah. Hey, 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 our seat, our table. It is the day after Thanksgiving. I hope everyone is up. A happy, happy, happy Friday uh, post-Thanksgiving. Um, this is Barbara Chandler, the host of Our Seat, Our Table. We are returning after being on a hiatus for about a year, a year and a half. Of course, due to COVID, WPRK over here at Rollins, they took all the um, abundance of caution. And Our Seat, Our Table, we are back. As you know, this is the Leadership Lounge. Our Seat, Our Table was formed with the intent to bring together community community leaders, grassroots leaders. I say that we are here to preserve the African Amer- the stories of the African American community, affirm the voices of the next generation and to dismantle any stereotypes, any myths that are out here. And the best way to do that is by bringing the people here who are actually doing the work. I always call these people the the street soldiers, our, our grassroots uh, leaders. I always say that that uh, the Sankofa principle, it's from um, Ghana, and that principle means to go back and fetch what is at risk for being lost, to go back and fetch those things and those people. So today's show, once again, I am glad, I'm so glad to be here. As always, I want to thank Rollins Radio. I want to thank the staff that supports this endeavor, uh, WPRK 91.5. You can also listen to us on Spotify, okay? So today, joining me, I have some very, very special guests. Um, I wanted to 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 talk to the men uh, it's it's important that we we hear what's going on on the grassroots level inside the inside of our communities it's very a- easy for me as um as a woman to speak to other matriarchs but it's time that we we hear from the men um we always talk about changing the narrative and we we need that narrative to be changed not just from our matriarchal um support but also from the the men in our communities the men who a touching turf. So today I have with me Jacoy, aka Jay Chandler. He is a high school educator. He is also a small business owner. And he is an avid hobbyist. His hobbies mean a lot to him. Um, He travels. He loves to travel. But he's going to tell you more about his story, his background. And then joining also, we have Angel Burke. 
Angel Burke is a primary school educator. He's on the opposite end. He catches them when they're coming in, uh, <laughs> coming into the system. Angel Burke is also a father, a husband. He is a basketball coach, a youth basketball coach, and he is also one of the mentors or program managers with the uh, My Brother's Keepers. So we are going to hear from people who are, again, not saying that they're doing the work, but they are doing the work on a very communal level, which I find very important um, in this very particular climate um, Post George Floyd, pardon me, post George Floyd, it is very important to know how our community narrative is being um, changed, how the narrative is uh, coming to the forefront, and who better to do that than the people who um, are doing the work. So, once again, I'm your host, Barbara Chandler. This is Our Seat, Our Table. You can hear us every Friday morning with WPRK from 9 to 10. Joining me today, I have Angel Burke and Jay Chandler. Welcome to our seat at our table, guys. Thank, Thank you for having me. I appreciate, I appreciate it. it. Thank you. Absolutely. So such a, a warm introduction. You kind of create a lot of pressure for me. <laughs> <laughs> I, feel, I think you can live up to it. I think you can live up to it. I have a feeling. So when I thought about both of you and in creating this show, a, a lot happens in my head. And I said to myself, I wonder if they know that they are actually applying the Sankofa principle. It is not taboo to fetch what is at risk of being left behind. So I want to start with you, Angel. Um, Angel, tell us a bit about yourself, what you do, and tell us um, why, why you chose to do these things. Okay, so good morning. Um, so I am a primary school educator. I teach fifth grade. Um, and how I got here initially is, so after high school, you know, coming from a single-parent home, um, playing sports at, at maybe the competitive level, I assumed that I would be a collegiate athlete. Um, that did not happen. I didn't take school serious. Um, I didn't have any, any life skills that would kind of lead me to a, a specific career path. So I decided to join the uh, Marine Corps. It was an impulsive decision. I always tell people it was a very impulsive decision, but it was a much needed and necessary decision. The tools I gained from in terms of discipline, structure, um, and, and just other life skills that was appropriate for a young man to have, a young man to have, I did not have. Uh, so I did four years in the Marine Corps. After I got out of the Marine Corps, is um, I went to college. So I met my wife, or I was with my wife, but uh, we moved together in Gainesville. And um, from there, I would pursue my education. I would go into corrections, um, still uh, involved with the youth, uh, juvenile corrections, and then I would go to be like a YMCA pro program co coordinator, still involved with the youth. And I made a decision kind of, that I wanted to, especially coming from corrections, that I wanted to have a more proactive role um, in, in kind of stopping our youth from getting to that. So that was kind of the decision becoming a, a the reason becoming an education major. Um, and I love it. I love it. I love teaching. And How long have you been teaching now? This is my second year teaching. My first year having my own class. Um, but, but. I, I love it. Okay. I love it. What grade um, level? Fifth grade. Fifth grade. Okay. Fifth grade. Um, and I love teaching in the inner city. Correct. Right? So so me being a black male, 
never really having, I think, any black men teachers throughout all of my schooling is really important, at least for me, to kind of just be an example and provide them with some of the um, things they might not see on a daily basis. Correct. Correct. Um, so I, I, I love it. I love excellent. It. Excellent. And so tell us about you, Jay, Jacoy. Absolutely. So um, from Orlando, Florida, I'm from the West Side. Um, Proud alum of Manny Devons High School. West and side. so, yeah, West Side. West Side, <laughs> um, okay. So very similar to Angel. Um, my focus was athletics, and it wasn't until things didn't go according to plan athletically that I really started to not only question my uh, values, but to begin to actively um, restructure them in a way that would lead to my long-term benefit. So I went to college in West Virginia, went to Marshall University. I was a walk-on. And so my plan was, you know, I was going to walk on, I was going to earn a scholarship, and um Everything else would, you know, kind of go to the NFL. Yeah, not, not actually not go to the NFL. I want to be an Army Ranger. So yeah, I want to be an Army Ranger. Um, and so you know, life has a unique way of uh, rewriting the script that we have for ourselves. So during my sophomore year, my redshirt freshman year, I ended up hurting my knee. Mm-hmm. So not only did that foreclose on any um, prospects that I had for getting on scholarship, it also foreclosed on any options I had with respect to joining the military. And so uh, you know, college was a very difficult time for me coming out of high school. You know, academics weren't even in the top 10 of priorities. And so once I went away to college, I went away to an environment that was, that was very, very dissimilar from the environment and the frame of reference that I had in the lead up to, um, to leaving. And so there were just a couple of experiences that really caused me to not only question my values, but to also actively replace some of the values that I think had uh, put me into a situation where I was depending on getting on scholarship Correct. in order to achieve some of my goals. So, um, College was a rough time for me, but it, it was, to kind of, you know, it, it was a rough time that I needed. It, it was Correct. definitely a rough time that I needed to, again, reset my values and to really um, develop the sorts of convictions mm-hmm. that would put me on the path to being the man that I needed to be. So I graduate college. Um, after I graduate college, um, I moved back to Orlando for a little bit. And so, you know, like a lot of recent college graduates, I'm having a really good, difficult time finding a job. Mm-hmm. I don't have any money. I don't have a job, but I have, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, Can't eat. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you know, um, and in some ways it's uh, infantilizing because I also had to move back in with my mother. Correct. And so, you know, I go from having, you know, a reasonable amount of freedom to now, you know, I go back home and I'm feeling doing Feeling restricted. Yeah, feeling restricted. Not only restricted by virtue of the money I didn't have, but also feeling restricted by virtue of also living with my mother again. Right. And so after that, I moved to Nebraska and I'm able to kind of get my career going a little bit. So mm-hmm. I'm living in South Sioux City, Nebraska, um, and it's really difficult. You know, I still don't have a car, so I don't have a way to get to work. And so I have to walk to work every morning um, for about two months. That was doable. But, you know, in the Midwest, especially where I was in the Midwest, almost I was almost in the South Dakota. Wow. So, it, you know, it got cold. cold. It got very cold very quickly. Um, so, you know. It'd be down to like negative 23 degrees. And I still got to go to work. I still yeah. got to go because yeah, the bills yeah, yeah. still got to get paid. Right. And so after that, um, I moved to California. So I was working at San Diego State briefly um, and things didn't work out. So then in 2014, I moved to I moved back to Orlando. and I was able to get a job um, with AmeriCorps at Oak Ridge. And then, you know, I was like, man, you know, teaching is something that I really want to pursue. Um, not only do I think this is a worthwhile profession, but, you know, I need a job. That's right. That's <laughs> you know, right. So, That's so right. Um, there's a lot of incentive there for me to pursue uh, teaching. And so I've been in teaching for the last eight years now. Eight years. Eight and years. what school are you at? I teach. Uh, I just teach Orange County. Orange County. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. <laughs> in Orange County Public School. Orange County Public School. No, no, no. Yeah. That's perfect. <laughs> and so when you when you both look at your background mm-hmm. and where you've come from 
and the impact that you are currently making to students who mm-hmm. a lot of times may resemble Right. In a lot of cases, they resemble Not only physically, but experientially as well. That's exactly yeah. right. How are those students receiving some of those lessons that you are saying, hey, I've been there before? How are they receiving that? Um, so with me being a high school teacher, um, obviously, I have them a little closer to the end of their public school education, educational experience. So right. I would say, especially this year, because I have seniors, um, I would say most of them are receptive to it. But as is the case with being youthful, you know, until you get that individual frame of reference, you know, some of the principles, some of the lessons, some of the advice just doesn't hold as much weight. Okay. So they have to, you feel that at least if they, they haven't go been able f- to apply it yet. Correct. So I haven't quite been validated in some of the things that I'm saying. Okay. Okay. At least they haven't told you. At they least they haven't told me. Told no, you. I, you know what? I think, <laughs> I, you know, I think I have a pretty good uh, report with my students. So, um, like, you know, I always talk to them about relationships and finance uh-huh. and so on and so forth. So before we left for um, for Thanksgiving break, you know, we had kind of having these, you know, free-flowing classroom discussion mm-hmm. uh, discussions. And he was like, yeah, Mr. Chairman, you know, I remember when you told me about, you know, this particular concept. And I saw it play out in my real oh, okay. life. So I was like, okay. so in some ways I felt validated. I was yeah. like, man, it sucks you have this experience yeah. so soon. <laughs> so they're applying it. So, Angel, um, you are more on the elementary ed right. um, side of things. This is a lot of um, introductions. In right. elementary, you're being introduced. You're hearing things from the f- for the first time. You're hearing concepts that may be different mm-hmm. from what's inside of your home. Tell me the role, and you mentioned it. Um, having a a male teacher, mm-hmm. having a black male teacher, mm-hmm. can you see um, firsthand what um, impact that is having for your students? Oh, most definitely. So, I I think one of the things that that we focus on just as educators is the academic part, mm-hmm. right? But there's like a social aspect to teaching that ties into them doing well academically, right? A lot of times people say if the if you don't like your teacher, it's going to be hard for you to learn. Correct. Right. Now, it's not my goal for my students to like me, but because I'm familiar culturally to them, they like me. Correct. Right. So that trickles down to their academic achievement. Mm-hmm. Um, now, now, in my class, I can get what I call preachy. Okay. Like, like from time to time, <laughs> once we off the rail. That's why you got past the rail. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to get preachy. And I said that to say um, that is where I I use or what I use to kind of give certain life lessons. Correct. Right. So it's certain things or certain certain individuals. And this may sound um, like coming from a teacher, it may not sound like politically correct, Mm -hmm. but it's certain individuals that do not maybe do not have the natural uh, tools to be an academic scholar. Correct. Right. But it's certain things in terms of your work, habit, ethic, whatever, um, to where you can still be a very successful individual. Effective. Successful S- and, and effective, effective okay. individual, right? But that comes from habits. How mm-hmm. hard do you work? Mm-hmm. Right? How how respectful are you? Mm-hmm. Um, the basics. These are, are the basics. Time? Mm-hmm. Um, how do you, how do you, are you organized? Do you organize your desk? Those are skills outside of the academic realm that are practical to becoming a well-rounded young man or woman. Correct. Right. That can help you get opportunities. That's correct. Right. Like you can outwork some people to opportunities. I think that is my biggest quality. 
Okay. Right. It's not necessarily my intelligence. Um, not necessarily maybe my charisma, so forth and so on. My biggest you have charisma. I yeah. think so. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think my biggest um my my biggest tool is my ability to be able to outwork you. Wow. Right. Like in any arena. Right. So I take pride in lesson planning. Okay. Right. So uh, we have teachers that often complain about how the students are retaining information, so forth and so mm-hmm. on. How much time do you as a teacher, right, put into your lesson plan? Plans. Right. If you expecting the kids to retain and learn information, are you putting in extra amount of time to make sure that they accomplish it? And it's fine if you don't, right, because everybody is not going to have that level of work ethic. But I think that's what separates me. Okay. Right? In any In any arena, I feel like, all right, I may not know something, right? I may not be as naturally gifted. Mm-hmm. Are mm-hmm. you able to outwork them? Is your work ethic right there? So right, um, and and we always say uh, students or people um, when we're in those leadership roles, they model what they see. Mm-hmm. It, it right, mm-hmm. especially at that particular age. Excellent. Once again, for those of you who are just joining us, uh, you are listening to WPRK, Our Seat, Our Table. This is the Leadership Lounge. And again, this platform is created. Um, we created this platform with the intent to bring in our grassroots leaders. A lot of times the work that's being done, the impact that's being done, it's, it's being done on a very communal level by people who a lot of times their names aren't mentioned. People don't um, uh, realize that uh, we have teachers, a lot of these teachers right now in our communities, they're there because they want to be there. They're there because they know that change within our communities, the black and brown communities, require that we take our lived experiences, our academic achievements, our worth ethics into the classrooms that we can begin to edify and self-affirm our students. So we're going to pivot here a bit. Um, Again, when we think of leadership, there are a lot of qualities that that come to mind. Um, I always say my my strength in leadership is demonstration, the ability to do and and hope that that um, motivates someone else. I always say if I can do it, anybody can do it. So let's talk a bit about leadership and what what are some of the identifying qualities or characteristics of a leader? One of the questions is, are leaders, uh, are, are you born with it? Um, is it is it something that you learn and you get to cultivate? Let's talk about your own individual styles of leadership and how did those things come about? Um, so broadly speaking, um, I would define leadership or an important leadership uh, characteristic as the either the ability to challenge culture or the ability to create culture. And obviously positive culture where there's accountability, there are metrics, um, and everybody feels as if they have an essential role and contributing to the collective. As far as, um, I guess, my approach to leadership or how I view myself as a leader is I'm the oldest of four. I have three younger sisters. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mother was a single mom. And so for me, I was never in a situation to where I was babied. I was never in a situation to where I was either only accountable to myself or mm-hmm. accountable to nobody. And so in terms of how those experiences shaped my approach to leadership and um, creating change, so on and so forth, I believe any change that I want to see and any change that's, um, that's worth trying to uh, affect 
has to start with me. So I have to be the first person in my family to go to college. Um, I have to be the person that people look to in situations where maybe they need some advice or some insight. Um, and, you know, because of some of the financial gains that I've been able to make recently, I have to be able to contribute materially Correct. to whatever situations might arise. Mm-hmm. And so um, that's kind of how I view leadership. Okay. Okay. That's good. Uh, do I have to follow that? <laughs> <laughs> Try your no. darndest. Try your darndest here. No. But, um, so I think a, a big quality in terms of being a leader is the ability to be able to serve. Mm. Like, um, Servant leadership, yeah. Serve, right? So the ability to be able to see maybe a deficit or somewhere that needs to be filled mm-hmm. and to be able to give yourself to whatever it may be. Right, like I think a lot of times we confuse like leadership with visibility. Mm. Like, and I don't necessarily have to be visible, right? That's correct. But you should feel my impact. That's right. right? You should feel my impact. Um. So yeah, I, I think you benefit, yeah. but you that people should benefit from the impact once you are serving. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Regardless of whether I'm the the head of the show, so mm-hmm. forth and so on, you should be able to feel feel my impact um and i think now you know i think social media has a lot to do with like leadership absolutely visibility kind of being Mm -hmm. confused but um in terms of like the role it plays in my in my day-to-day life uh i think you have to take it take it serious and take i think me and jacoy talked about this as a duty yes right so it 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 is something that we take serious Mm -hmm. um and it's something that can be taught now, a lot of qualities of leadership probably are innate, but leadership skills can be taught. Correct. I, I believe. Um, correct. Cultivated. Cultivated. Molded, That's correct. Uh-huh. Right? Like we all can be be leaders. We all can can learn to listen, um, you know, and, and comprehend information and say, that's a bad idea. Mm-hmm. Or this is why I think it's a bad idea. That's, that's a form of leadership, mm-hmm. right? If you're on any team. Just because I'm not the captain, I may have an input point, that's bro. super important to us succeeding or achieving whatever the goal may be. So, like, leadership doesn't necessarily mean, like, I'm the one in charge, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and I, so I think – I didn't mean to cut ahead. you off my back. I was going to say, I think sometimes um, people want to lead when, in fact, they just want to be in charge. Yeah. Right? So <laughs> that's they the, want yeah, all that's the pants on the bags, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Right? Yeah. But then when things go left, yeah. when things aren't going well yeah. – they don't hold themselves to the highest standards of accountability. Right. Other people have to. Right. Mm-hmm. So I just want to insert that. Good point. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. Very good point. So let's talk about when you said leading and you talked about coaching. Um, Angel, we know that you are a youth uh, coach. You're mm-hmm. a youth basketball coach. And that, too, is a form of leadership. And I've heard you state that you coming from an, uh, a background where you played high school sports mm-hmm. um, with the intention that you would continue to um go on to college and be a um, an athlete in college, and that didn't quite work out as well. How are you now using that same information that you, you've gained with the athletes that you coach? So I always kind of credit my coaches or some of my coaches to me being kind of the man that I am. Correct. Outside of basketball. Correct. The actual, you know, they cultivated the type of person I am. Uh, I always tell this story, and I had a coach. I won't say his name. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but in middle school, I called myself, like, like he's an adult. I'm in middle school. I called right. myself cracking on him, telling jokes on mm-hmm. him, mm-hmm. and so the forth dozens. and so on, uh-huh. to, to a grown-up, right? Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm 13. This is a grown man. 
and he pretty much stuffed me in the locker. Physically, <laughs> right? And while they, that may not be allowed like in today's world, I, as a young 13-year-old man, needed that like To be lesson, stuffed. Right? Why was it? It was disrespect. I was being disrespectful to an adult amongst my peers. It depends on how funny jokes were, though. <laughs> <laughs> right? But it's consequences to that. Correct. Right? And are you willing to deal with the consequences? That's one lesson. The other lesson is respect. Correct. So now I have uh, a more of a reverence typically to older older men, right? I didn't have that initially. Um, but to answer your question, so I take it, whatever I'm teaching you on the court or in the classroom, right, I always try to tie it to outside of the sport, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like you're going to be competing for a job one day. That's correct. Right? How prepared will you be when you're competing for the job? The same way we game plan for basketball, right? The same way we um, lesson plan, work out yeah. or whatever. Like you have to take those same principles and apply them outside of the sport. Super important. And so I use basketball as a tool to do that, right? Even when I'm putting you through the rigorous conditioning workouts, right? That's a... That, that you're going to go t- through obstacles that might challenge you mentally Correct. and physically. Correct. Right? Are you able to push through? Are you able to keep going? Um, do you quit? Like, what's your character? Right. Like, we want to build character. character. Like, that's that. You know, the basketball is one thing. You know, right. Everybody thinks they're going to the NBA, mm-hmm. but um, we want to build young men with great character Correct. outside of basketball. Like, you, it, you will never have a complaint about our team. Uh, about them being disrespectful to other kids or adults. We don't let our kids talk to referees. Period. Period. Right? That's a that's not a basketball thing. That's a you're a 10-year-old and that's a grown-up thing. Correct. Correct. Right? So you don't talk to referees, you don't show bad body language. That's not a basketball thing. Mm-hmm. That's important. You don't need how we communicate 90% body language. Mm-hmm. So it's certain things that I do in the basketball court on the basketball court that should be applicable to how you live anywhere period. Yeah. Because we still want, and and again, we still need those characteristics to work in your life wherever you are. Mm -hmm. That's right. So we thank you for making that um, both of you for making those points very clear that no matter where you end up, you still have to be a person with good, uh, good habits, healthy habits to become effective to, and to become successful, which is very important. So thank you for using your platforms. Um, we want to talk about mental wellness when we, a lot of times, and I, I'll be the first to say this, when I'm speaking about mental wellness, there's usually a room full of women who we are working hard, we have accepted a lot of res- responsibility, we're, um, uh, we're taking care of the children, we're taking care of the families, we're taking care of our communities, and it's like, okay, wait a minute, wait a minute, in all of this, where am I? And, you know, there's always a lot of uh, promotion around women taking care of their mental wellness um, in order to just to just be happy to be continue to be effective in society I think one of the areas that we don't hear from men a lot is around where is their mental wellness we are post George Floyd and I'm using his name as well as thinking of others um, and we we all saw that horrific uh, video 
We all saw that horrific video and um, the emotions it invoked in us, man, woman. Um, where where are black men right now when we speak about post George Floyd and 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 mental wellness and what are some of the things that black men are doing individually, uh, generally, um, in which to just continue to keep themselves as healthy as possible. Um, so I guess I'll take this one. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so first I just want to put out there and say, um, in terms of my mental health professional uh, credentials, I don't have any. Okay. Um, so I'm not any sort of expert in this field. And so, you know, all the views that I express and I articulate directly align with my own experiences with navigating past difficulty um, and emotionally uh, distressing situations. Okay, the disclaimer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, man, I right, signed man, it. Right. We have a suit-happy society, man. Yes, I just, yes, not, yes. I just yes. now start having a little bit yeah. of money. I'm going to keep it that way, man. Um, this is all personal yeah, exactly, based. Yeah, exactly, yes, exactly. Yes. Um, but as far as mental health, I think mental health in black men. Are we um, saying mental health or mental wellness? Oh, or are I was they using the it interchangeably. Okay. Again, I, you know, I'm not an expert. Uh-huh, um, uh-huh. So as far as mental health, mental She's well-being. To, don't let it trip you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so as far as mental health and mental well-being, um, and again, speaking broadly about black men, I think a lot of the mental health issues that black men face can be directly traced Okay. to some of the metrics in our community mm-hmm. um, as it relates to black men. So really high rates of unemployment. Um, you know, I've been broke before. I'm still broke. Not as broke mm-hmm. as I was mm-hmm. previously. Mm-hmm. That type of stuff is frustrating. Yeah. Right. And so when you're yeah. in um, a situation where you're financially uh, you know, pulled in a lot of directions and you can't respond to some of those responsibilities, um, you know, it's difficult to not get frustrated. It's difficult right. to not get dejected. Right. Um, educational attainment. Mm-hmm. Um our representation in the criminal justice system. Um, the fact that I think um, the average lifespan for a black man, I think is maybe 66 years. And so out of all cohorts, I think black men are at the bottom or near the bottom. So what I'm saying is that all these different dynamics, they create a situation where it's more likely for mental health difficulties to develop. And we also, and you know, speaking beyond the black community, we live in a country that not only do we not allocate sufficient funding to mental health? We don't allocate sufficient funding to health in general. Correct. Right? And Correct. so if you're already at a huge deficit to with begin. respect to some of those um, sociological metrics, then whatever issues develop in relation to those deficits aren't going to be adequately addressed. Correct. Correct. That makes sense. And 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 so, Angel, did you want to chime in? Sure. Okay. <laughs> yeah, this is always... Yeah. Th- um, go ahead. So, so what I would chime in, and, and I'm going to just use his disclaimer, right? I'm not a mental health professional either. But but one thing I think as as black men we have to do better is have hobbies. Yes. Right? Yeah. yeah. Like, and, and hobbies are somewhat of a luxury. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right? So I, I'm saying that as a person that now I got hobbies, right? Mm-hmm. But sometimes <laughs> hobbies are a luxury because yes. fishing rods are $129. Yeah. And, and you want seven fishing rods? <laughs> um, yeah. So, but having hobbies, mm-hmm. right? And they don't have to be ex- expensive that's hobbies. Having healthy relationships with other men. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. That's, that's, it's not like rooted in vanity. So mm-hmm. not, not necessarily rooted in us hanging out or going to the club. Right. But it's ha- ha- my ability to be able to have like a, a healthy conversation or it's times that I question something right or I don't see 
right? I might be confused. I think I called Jaquia mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago. I might be confused on something that's going on globally, locally, whatever mm-hmm. the question, case may be, and having somebody to say, hey, this is how I feel about it, right? Mm-hmm. What am I missing, right? So having healthy relationships, having hobbies, and knowing yourself. I know for me, um, I'm, a, I'm an introvert in terms of where I get my energy from. So after I spend teaching, which is just mm-hmm. me being around students, and then usually the weekends around my basketball community slash family, I am done. Yeah. Right. I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to discuss the game. I don't want to watch TV with you. I want to go by myself. I want to fish. I want to think. I want to decompress. Um, Rebuild. Yeah. Re-energize. Yeah. Yeah. Knowing what you need. Right. Like a lot of times you have to be really in tune with yourself. Mm -hmm. Right. I know if I'm eating a certain way, I feel a certain way. Correct. Right. Like I'm like, oh, I'm in a bad head space. Mm -hmm. But I've been putting, you know, junk into my body. That, I think that ties direct, directly into into your mental wellness, Correct. right? Like your your physical wellness. Are you working out? Um, when I'm not working out, I don't feel good, mm-hmm. right? When I'm when I'm working out, I get on my wife's nerves because I have <laughs> so much energy. But, yeah. um, you know, so that's that's what I would add yeah. to it. Yeah, that that's very uh, important. What you stated about the hobbies and relationships, and I think that is the and I, and let me put my disclaimer. Out. <laughs> I, this is all ex, uh, uh, experiment based. I am not. <laughs> I am not. But I do believe it is important that our mental wellness is addressed in black and brown communities for all the reasons that that have been stated. And once again, this is ways in which we can help one another. And, And you said that about the hobbies, that is a big one on my plate right now. And mm-hmm. I say that because, again, for me, this is where with the it's all the um, what do we call it? The engagement, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of the community engagement through school, through the work that we do. A lot of times I feel like I have spent an entire week talking about maybe over 50 different subjects, given input. And so when you're giving all this input, you're being drawn from, and then how do I replenish mm-hmm. myself? Mm-hmm. How do I stay intact that these same things, what I'm enjoy doing, that I don't become resentful because I'm so drained. Mm-hmm. So I, I agree with you when we say that um, hobbies are so important. They are a luxury. Mm-hmm. They are a luxury. Um, but we do know that anything that we want, Fact. we'll figure out a way to do it. We will figure out Fact. a way in which to do it. Mm-hmm. We sure. will figure out a way in which to afford it. And I think what um, you know, the 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 talk for women has always been, you're worth it. You're worth it. And and men know the same thing. We all know the same thing now. So therefore, this is where we've become our own investments, um, whether it's within ourselves, within our communities to be able to, again, going by the Sankofa principle. It is not taboo to fetch what is at risk of being left behind, because there's no way that one of us can make it. Um, and when I say one of us, meaning from the community, one one a couple people are doing well in the community and then other people people are not. So going back and taking that information, again, demonstrating, making sure that people are seeing what you're doing um, in the classroom, on the court, and being able to make those things uh, applicable in their lives. So um, these are the lessons that, and and you guys are, are 
relatively still very young. Mm-hmm. Relatively. <laughs> I'm middle age. So I just said, right? So, <laughs> no, I'm middle age. So, so, yeah, so if the average black man only lives to be 66, and I'm 33. Better get to live. Better get to live. You better get to living. You better get to living. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And what does living look like for you? What does that look for like for you when mm. you put it in terms to mm-hmm. um the the age um mm-hmm. um the when you put it in terms yeah, yeah, of your yeah. age? Where I am versus yes. you know where what I have projected. That's exactly left. right. Um, what does that look like? So for me, uh, definitely being able to live in accordance to my values and principles that I've developed mm-hmm. up to this point. Um, and to kind of piggyback off of what both of y'all said, being able to intentionally invest in myself. Yeah. Right? So it's one thing to be cultivated because along the way you had difficult experiences. Mm-hmm. And those difficult experiences then began to shape you in a particular way. I think it's something different entirely to say, this is something that I'm interested in. This is something that I want to pursue. This is something I'm able to pursue, and this is something I'm going to pursue. Mm-hmm. Uh, case in point, um, I really got into aviation. I was mm-hmm. able to get into aviation. Mm-hmm. I was finally able to afford to get myself something for Christmas mm-hmm. that I wanted. Right. So you remember when I got the drone? Yeah. You know, yeah. I used to talk about the drone all the time. <laughs> right? So from the drone, then I was like, man, I really enjoy aviation. Mm-hmm. I want to learn more about aviation. Right. So I took uh, pilot lessons probably about two months back. Wow. Really enjoyed myself. Mm-hmm. Um, went skydiving this summer. Nice. Um, last Saturday, I went paramotoring. Okay. Right? And so for me, we'll learn what that is yeah, after. Yeah, but. <laughs> Google it, Google it. Oh, okay, YouTube, paramotor. paramotor is a lot of fun, right? So um, just being able to actively pursue interests Correct. that I've recently developed, mm-hmm. that's what the good life looks like for me. That's what nice. happiness looks like for me versus saying, oh man, you know, I want to go to London. But, you know, I've wanted to go to London for 10 years right. and I've never had enough money to do it. Mm-hmm. But now I have the finances to make that possible. Mm-hmm. And you also have the. Um, the salve mm-hmm. in how to make your finances work for Absolutely. you. That you and so tell us about that. I know that this is one of your oh, big. Oh, this is this is man. Yeah, 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 yeah. I thought you were never. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is so. Talk to us. Educate us about this part. Um, the name of your your small business debt free. So it's not quite a small business. Okay. Um, not yet, right? So speaking okay. to existence. Um. So, you know, like a lot of people, in particular a lot of black people, uh, you know, I was the first person in my family to go to college. Correct. And while that is something to be lauded, um, also left college with a significant amount of student loan mm-hmm. debt, right? Mm-hmm. And so I left college, you know, I used to be embarrassed to say it publicly, but I'll say it now. I left college with close to like 60 grand and eventually got up to be $70,000. Wow. Yeah, yeah, that's a significant amount of money, yes. especially a significant amount of money for someone who doesn't come from any sort of family history of wealth and so on and so forth, right? It's a huge, huge disadvantage. First Jenner. First generation. Stephanie yeah, Burke yeah. was it on here a couple weeks it ago makes, and spoke about difference. First Jenners. Yeah. And how do you know? Yeah. Those Shout pioneers got to take it on the chin, <laughs> yeah. man. Those pioneers got to take it. Shout out to Stephanie. And so, you know, I'm going to and from trying to get my career off the ground, so to speak. Um, and so uh, I was 29. I was just like, man, I got a lot of debt. You know, I haven't been able to live how I wanted to up to this point. And so it started in January of 2020. I had a decent amount of money saved up. And I said, you know what I'm going to do? Um, I'm going to pay off the largest student loan that I have. And mm-hmm. It was close to $7,000. So at that point, I had gotten the 70 down to about 52. Okay. So which is still a significant amount. Yes. So yes. I pay off the seven grand. And so now it goes from being $52,000 to $45,000. I'm like, you know wow. what? Forty-five grand. It's still a lot, but it sounds a lot more manageable. Mm-hmm. So the I needle's up, moving. Yeah, the needle is moving, mm-hmm. right? So I ended up getting a part-time job, and I was able to get a part-time job just as COVID struck. 
Oh, wow. Right? So I was able to work the part-time job and teaching at the same time. And so in 2020, I paid off $33,000 of debt in about nine to 10 months. And it was life-changing in every way, shape, and form. Okay. Um, so in 2020, I paid off the $33,000. And then I started getting back in shape. So I, I picked up boxing. Okay. Right? So now I became a more confident spender. Uh, because I, <laughs> right? uh, so because I knew I didn't have this, you know, uh, this mortgage, more or less, hanging over my head Ed. from month to month. Right. Mm -hmm. So then um, I pick up boxing. I get in the best shape I've ever been in since, mm -hmm. since I hurt my knee mm -hmm. uh, playing sports. And so from there, you know, I applied to my dream job. I was able to get it, but I ended up getting injured. So I wasn't able to follow through on it. Okay. So that was 2021. Um, I was able to travel. I went to New York for the first time. I went to New York like three or four times. I went mm. to Chicago. I went to D.C. I went to Charleston, South Carolina. Nice. And then in 2022, um, I continued to travel, so on and so forth. And I think 2023 is going to be a, another huge year for me because the foundation that I've built for myself over the preceding two or Correct. three years makes it possible. And it and takes sacrifice. It takes an immense amount of sacrifice. Right. But, you know, I sometimes think as people, we um, look at where we are. Correct. And see where we need to go and say that's a really long distance versus saying looking at what needs to be done None. in order to cover the distance. Right. And so I yeah. think if we were to kind of, you know, create an action item, list mm -hmm. of things that need to be done, mm -hmm. it'd be a lot more encouraging to try to do it versus just kind of looking at it wholesale and saying this is impossible to to actually uh, aspire to or right. incremental Incre incremental In progress. Yeah, that's right. Right. And that's very important to yeah. any because right now, um, is it fair to say you guys are a part of the microwave generation? No, <laughs> where you only put it out of microwave. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't grow up with microwave. So so I say that as to say and, and just piggybacking is that when we talk about things like uh, paying off our great student loans, huge yeah. student loans. Or anything. Or anything. Maybe we have a health yeah. issue that we just feel like we cannot contend with. It could be That's weight. Right. It could be anything. And say, right. you know what? I can't do anything about it. Mm -hmm. Right? You know, I need to lose 70 pounds. Mm -hmm. When you think of, hey, I need to lose 70 pounds, that's a lot. But if you just say, hey, I need to lose five pounds this week. That's right. Right? That 70 pounds right. kind of retreat, uh, recedes to the background. And the five pounds is a lot more encouraging. Right. I yeah. agree with that. And where you're also learning discipline. Oh, my you're God. also um, um, attaining discipline. Mm -hmm. And and for me, that's one of my motivators mm -hmm. is because once I see my progress, mm -hmm. that kind of keeps me going yeah. once I can stay focused. My thing is always to to watch for the distractions yes. when you are closer to accomplishing your goals. Absolutely. And I know in certain communities, they will um, use religious terminology just to say such and such is trying to Man steal. They will say things like such and such. I don't want to yeah. say those terms. Um, it's trying to steal my joy, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But I say that as to say, when you start feeling that internal um, progress, that mm -hmm. internal accomplishment, mm -hmm. you want more of that. You, you, want, you want more, more of, of it in the field that you started, but you also want more of it holistically. Sickly. That's you know, exactly like, right. This feels pretty good. This somebody. feels pretty what if good. I get a six pack. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you know? Exactly. Exactly. Now, to add on, so but and to add on to that, um, now we can't just get caught up in the results though. Mm -hmm. okay. So it is Absolutely. a point to you get where you get to where it's not even result based anymore. Okay. You actually enjoy going to the gym. That's correct. Right. You that, normalize that's incorrect. Yeah, you normalize. Yeah, it's not yeah. about yeah. how yeah. you want to look. Yeah. 
I like going to the gym and working out hard, yeah. Yeah. right? Void of what the results may be. That's now, correct. in the beginning, if that's a motivator, then you should definitely do it. Mm-hmm. And if that's a motivator throughout the process, then you should still do it. <laughs> but, um, like, besides this, outside of the gym and other instances where you have to work towards something, right? Like, mm-hmm. like so, Jacoy's example where um, his motivator was becoming – or getting out of debt, yep. like yep. once he attained that, he could have went back into debt. That's yeah. right, right. So I'm still so, buy. It's so a truck. Not... I got my eyes on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, you know, not being like making these real lifestyle changes. That's right. And I, I know a life coach if, if y'all need me. Okay, okay, okay. So once... the power of potential stuff. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> once again, you are listening to our seat, our table, the Leadership Lounge. Uh, this is WPRK 91 FM, and we are also on Spotify. Joining me today, I had the honor of being here with Angel Burke, Jacoy Chandler, and I did not say this, but I'm going to go ahead and say it. They're my, they're my family, y'all. <laughs> Angel's my son. Jacoy is my nephew. And it, it it just gives me so much joy and so much honor that I can use them as examples once again of how we are changing the narrative, shifting the narrative within our communities from people who come from our communities. And that is very, very, very important. The Leadership Lounge, as you all know, and I continue to stress it, we are here to uh, give community leaders. And when I say leaders, that could be anyone. That could be the the average person who is making impact and making change in the lives of people who who reside in that community. Um, And it, it makes a big difference down the line. You heard it here today. So our time is almost up. Um, as always, it's been a pleasure. Any any last minute words? What is the uh, charge um, that you would want to give to those who are listening? Um, what is the charge that you would like to leave with us uh, for us to implement? Quote of the day, my favorite quote, one of my favorite quotes. Don't let your talent take you somewhere that your character can't sustain. Absolutely. Uh, that's a great quote, Angel. Uh, for me, I would say, especially to the black man, um, it's important that you have an honest appraisal of what where you are in terms of the man that you need to be. So it's important that you really understand um, where you are in terms of masculine competency, right? Right. Do you have the ability to respond to a threat? Are you somebody that people look to within your family unit or even within your community when things aren't going right? Are you somebody that people feel comfortable looking towards? And do you have the capacity to respond effectively? Um, and so I think if you were to take a really honest appraisal of the man in the mirror, I think that's where uh, progress starts. Wow. 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 Um, thank you both for being here. Thank you both for taking the time um, away from your hobbies, because I know you both could <laughs> yeah. be fishing, droning, yeah, parasailing. Yeah. Yeah, uh, so I appreciate it. I, I do. I was like, I could have sworn I was supposed to be there this morning. I appreciate it. Once again, this show is based off the Sankofa principle. It is not taboo to fetch what is at risk at being left behind. Thank you so much for joining us. You've Thank been you for listening me to you, Barbara. I appreciate Thank it. you. I was, Thank I'm you, very proud of you too, Barbara. Thank you. <laughs> Orlando Sentinel. Orlando sitting in the top 10. Yeah. Yeah. And everybody else is um, is two through nine. Yeah. <laughs> Technically. Yeah. Thank you so much. It's been our seat, our table, the leadership lounge. Thank you. All right. Thank you, David. Thank you, David.
go higher, think greater, be stronger, be wiser. Our seat, our table. This is our voice, our time, our moment, our seat, our table. Yeah, hey, 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 our seat, our table. Table.